Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector, and you're listening to a Working Class Bowhunter podcast. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. You're listening to Working Class Bow Hunter. Stay tuned and listen to them every week. Hey, guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Tune in to the Working Class Bow Hunter podcast. It's really, really not that good. Oh, all right. Here we are. Episode 31. It's super, super duper hot in the Bucketorium here. 1600 Buckslayer Place. It's really not that Sherard, hot in here. Illinois. It's really hot if you're overweight and bearded and have long hair. Long but uh, 31 hot. episodes. Uh, I guess we've finally run out of steam, so we're going to we're going to keep chomping away at the bit uh, to Second ep- our second episode this week, and we actually have another episode yeah, I think we're gonna do a third. tomorrow, so we're going to do three again. We took a week off. We did four the week. We're um, going to try and knock as many out so we don't have to do this during hunting season, but uh, <laughs> uh, we've got a very, very cool guest with us, and when I mean he's cool, if I tell you his name, like this dude, like I just want to give him all my lunch money. Yeah, I mean, like that, oh, yeah. Yeah, that dude's that cool. I'm like, yeah. dude, off his like, name, huh? Uh, you can marry all my sisters. I don't care. You have that cool of a name. How many sisters you got, Steve? I got one that's single right now, but oh, all right. Well, she looks exactly like Steve with like a blonde <laughs> wig. That's why she's still single. <laughs> oh, oh, your poor sister. Ah, that's all right. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and introduce our guest. He's he's been on hold. He uh, he's calling us via payphone. I hear uh, <laughs> from uh, from Killcliff Energy Drinks here and uh, recovery. recovery drinks. I'm sorry and. Uh, protein bars here. We've got Baker Levitt. How you doing, Baker? How's it going, guys? I'm good, man. Good, good. I've never heard someone say that my name made them feel like they needed to give me their lunch money. Like, it, <laughs> I've never heard that. It's a it's a southern thing. Like, I'm from Georgia, born and raised, and like, you you'll meet a lot of people here. A lot of people from the south with strange names or last names. I actually have three last names. My name is Baker Black Levitt. So, just three last names compiled into one name, and it's been interesting. <laughs> well, just so you know, if you want, you can date Steve's sister. Um, I heard that. I heard that, and that is generous. <laughs> I also said that she, heard that she looks like Steve. I don't even know what Steve looks like. Well, get but... on our Facebook, and then you might never, ever want to talk to us ever again. I am the again. most gorgeous man in this room <laughs> on, talking into a blue microphone right now. That's the only guy talking into a blue microphone. Um <laughs> So that just lets you know where we're at. Um, thanks for doing the show, man. <laughs> Thank, I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we appreciate uh, it. So what's nice, up? Beautiful day here in Seattle. Uh, opening day of early goose season. Yeah, and, I heard you uh, went hunting this morning. 
I did. How'd I that did. go? I was, it, I mean, it went, it went, you know, when we were out there, we all had the right, we all had on our nice Sitka camo, layout lines, freshly cut barley field, um, layout lines were covered uh, perfectly, decoys were perfect, except there were no geese, so... <laughs> You know that could be a problem. Ah, well, you follow the uh, follow the barley, and that's where the uh, geese are. Yeah, well, the problem was the the field was cut yesterday, so they haven't had time to uh, find it yet. And also, it's heavy, heavy fog this morning, which is rare for up here. <laughs> um, you know, so but the guys in the field, the guys at two fields down, put the boots to them. We just we were the guys that were just you know we were practicing. You know, so you didn't see any geese at all, huh? Uh, no, we we had one group. We had a we had a, a barred up speck, one beautiful fly right in front of us. But you, you know we can't we, we can only shoot Canada's right now. And then um, just the fog was so bad they didn't see our decoys and they were they were hitting uh the couple two fields down and those guys were just crushing them. Oh well, at least you got to enjoy the great outdoors, right? Be be optimistic. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's, it's Seattle, you know, and it was a beautiful day and beautiful morning and. Hang out with my buddies, and you know it's always that's always a good thing. Like I don't care well, what you, you got going on in life, or you know any stressors or any of that stuff. Man, you get outside yeah, like that, and the friends they start cutting up like you can't beat it. Hell, especially <laughs> on a Thursday, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't beat that like a during the week hunt. Wow, oh, it's the did best. You, now, did, mm. you, did you go enjoy some of those barley crops later? You know, when they're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make some beer while I was out there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was a it's go ahead. Oh no, I'm just thinking. Uh, what a great day that would be goose hunting and making beer all in the Drinking same day. Goose Island beer. There is probably nothing more American than that. Well, I can exactly. think of like three things. Well, like bald eagles, Ted Nugent. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So throwing tea in a harbor. Yeah, that, that's pretty American. But yeah, it's right <laughs> up there. <laughs> oh man. So for our listeners who are wondering, what the heck is Killcliff? Can you kind of give us a quick rundown, or a super detailed rundown, whatever you feel like doing? All uh, right, so we have three products. Our first product is a recovery drink. Um, long story short, you know, Todd, Todd's a former SEAL, and Todd was in Buds. Um, they were, you know, back in the 90s, early 90s. They were pumping 800 milligrams of caffeine and, like, tons and tons of sports drinks into those guys throughout the day. Mm-hmm. to fight inflammation. And he thought there's got to be a better way to do this. And so, you know, he got out of the teams in 1997 or 1998 and then went, uh, you know, started a couple businesses and, you know, successful business guy. And, um, you know, the years went by and 9-11 happened. And all of his friends that were still in the teams went off to fight the war on terror. And, you know, Todd's, you know, had people that are obligated to him for their paychecks and their jobs and stuff. And so he, he, he wanted to go back in. He was about to, and then realized that if he went back in, he'd be abandoning people here that needed him. Mm-hmm. So, and then fast forward to 2008, and that's when he started messing around with the formula for the drink. Mm-hmm. And that's when it kind of, in 2011, um, I'm sorry, 2011, that's when he made the drink. And he and I crossed paths May 23rd of 2011. Uh, Tokyo was started in January of 2011 and, you know, off to the races. So basically he wanted to create a a drink that was like, an, like a motion in a can, for lack of a better way to describe it, mm-hmm. um, without doing a lot of tech talk. You know, it's not a miracle pill. We don't make any claims. Um, and you drink it, you feel better. That's, that's you know, uh, that's kind of our... Our deal, and then we then our next product we came up with. So we have four flavors of recovery drinks: tasty, double awesomeness, free fall, and very legit. And then uh, we came out with with protein bars, um, high protein, no sugar, uh, low carb. And then we just launched our cold brew coffee. See, that's where yeah. I'm like, ooh man, that that perked my interest the that's most. That's an ever. every morning drink right there. Uh, it is the only shelf-stable cold brew coffee that does not need to be refrigerated in the world. Really? Ooh. In the world. So you can so take that with you. I was that just in Alaska you. recently. Yeah, you take it anywhere. 
I was just in Alaska, and they don't have cold brew coffee in Alaska for that reason. Because most cold brew coffee, most cold brew coffee is shelf stable for ten to thirty days. Sure. And oh, shipping yeah. shipping stuff to Alaska, you have to put it on a boat, and it's normally ten to two week transit time. Mm. Best case scenario. So by the time they would get some of this cold brew coffee, it would already be expired. So everyone so, up in Alaska is drinking Killcliff cold brew coffee, or you know, they're about to. It's on the way. Yeah, because I that mean, is... that's really all they can get. Which good for you guys. <laughs> I'm really hoping to start seeing episodes of Alaska State Troopers, and instead of them getting busted for various other things, they just they're like, "Officer, I'm I'm super polite, and I have this cold brew coffee. Would you like some?" And then it explodes, and you guys make millions of bucks. <laughs> and it's, it's, and then people are going to be trying to bribe police officers with it. Oh yeah. man, you'll have to get some of that stuff to those yeah. uh, so, de- deadliest catch guys. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, that, that shows that shows kind of insane. Like that's not something. Like I'm all about life experiences, but like I don't foresee myself or have any desire. You spend 30 days out in the Bering Sea. No, 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 no. I work on the Mississippi River, and that's enough for me. (laughs) Um, I I rarely take showers. That's way too much water moving too fast for me. (laughs) Yeah, it it, it just looks insane, you know. So it sounds like... I'll stick to my... It sounds like Kill Club has a good formula for outdoors Mm -hmm. lifestyle people. You know, you got the bars you can eat when you're out there hunting elk and you're out there camping and you got your your drinks you can throw in your pack you don't have to really refrigerate it and you're good to go yeah, you're I mean, out there falling asleep in a tree stand and you don't need to refrigerate this you know you can yep. grab well if you I, hunt in illinois it's typically freezing cold anyway so you're good yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still man it's the best well, cold brew coffee is is it's not iced coffee cold brew coffee is a, the, the, the we use arabica beans instead of robusta beans okay arabica beans are bigger better they're just souped up, higher quality beans, mm-hmm. and it was, it's a twenty four hour smoking process, and then it goes through the process of turning it into coffee. So it uh, it gets it, there's no like waste; it's all the good stuff. You gotcha. know? So, but yeah, I mean, I've sat in a deer stand in Georgia many times. You know, uh, every time I go into the stand uh, or hunting for big game, I take one with me, and every time we drank cold brew coffee this morning in the duck line, you know, or goosler in the goose line, and. Um, and then, you know, it's a quick, it's a great snack. You know, it's very satiating. It's very filling the bars. So, you yeah. know, we had one of those. They're easy to pack, you know. Well, I mean, right away, the first things that pop into my mind are, you know, when you're just hunt. it's, you know, it's, you're a month in the hunting season and you're, you're getting worn out because you're going all the time. You're kind of just feeling that wear and tear from moving sets, adjusting everything as you're going along. That'd be the perfect thing for like a midday pick me up while you're in the stand or even at work. Midday, you start Absolutely. to get tired. You can just crack one of those babies open and get you through the rest of your day, and you know, and it's probably That's, a better alternative than to what other people are drinking. You know what I mean? So yeah, those souped-up energy drinks that are full of sugar and all that other kind of craziness. One thing about hunting that, like, I, I, I talk to you know my friends about. They're like, I don't understand. You know, it's like, listen, hunting is exhausting. It really is, and they're like. Well, I mean, if, if you're if you're Western hunting, yeah, you're hiking up and down mountains. It's physically exhausting. But what people don't understand about hunting is when you're out in a stand, you're you're 100 percent on. All oh, your yeah. senses are firing. All your mentally, it's mentally exhausting. You know, just being alert yep. for that long. You know, and you're trying to will things into your eyesight. You know, it's like oh, I think I see something. Yeah. Shit, no, it's not. That's nothing. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, you just you're constantly, you know, just trying to will stuff. You know, and um, it uh. People don't understand that. But, yeah, so that so our recovery drinks have 25 milligrams of caffeine, which midday is the perfect amount of caffeine. A, a diet soft drink has 47 milligrams of caffeine. Mm. Um, so it's just a little tiny shot in the arm. There's no sugar, so you don't get, like, you know, uh, a, a sugar rush. Um, You're not, like, so, shaking yeah, all crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then the energy drinks and stuff that people drink, like, those things are – those are not good. Like, I mean, because you're constantly chasing that artificial stimulant high because it's got so much stuff in it. Yep. And then you've got the um, the insulin spike from all the sugar. And then you have a subsequent insulin crash. So the way to solve that is to drink another one. So it's kind of like a drug addict. You know, they're constantly chasing that high throughout the day. Dude, and I'll and be the first person that. to say that, too, because I quit energy drinks maybe about – it's might be about six months ago now. And I used to drink a Monster every yeah. morning, every morning before work, every morning before I would go hunting. And sometimes I would drink two in the morning. And 
a quick story because the first thing that popped to my mind when you're talking about the milligrams of caffeine and the, you know the sugar buzz that you get from energy drinks my one of the very first 3d shoots that i ever that i ever shot i drank a monster right before it and i could not hold steady at all and i felt so sick it was hot out and I, never again will I drink an energy drink before I'm going to go shoot my bow. Never, well, ever. You remember that first shoot? Yeah, you get the shake. The first shoot I did with you guys, I had drank a other brand of energy drink. Go ahead, say it. No, say it. You know, no, I'm not going to. No, don't I'm not going to call him out. But <laughs> I had taken a double, you know, because I woke up, came to the shoot, wanted to be focused. That was their main thing on focus. Yeah. And I get there, and, man, I'm, like, shaking. I'm telling Kurt, like, man, I took a double of this energy drink, and I'm, like, super shaky. I, I need to, like, chill out before I shoot anymore. See, you know? the specific drink you're talking about, doesn't that makes, it doesn't bug me. But then again, I don't do a double before yeah. I go shoot my bow where I have to hold steady. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a I, – I, 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 I don't want to get too off topic, but other energy drinks that are out there, yeah, I mean – I've done that before where I've I've woke up and I was on my way to the tree stand. Well, I know I've got a 40-minute drive ahead of me, so, yeah, I can get one of the store brands, you know, the Red Bull or whatever. But I remember there was one time that— Red Bull is liquid garbage. It is terrible. <laughs> I don't suggest it to anybody. But then, like, I saw this guy, and he came in, and he had a, he had a Rockstar Energy shirt, a Rockstar Energy hat, and he was buying four Rockstar Energy drinks, and I'm like— that's probably not good for you, man. No. You know, like, how do you need that much caffeine? I work third drive... shift, man. I gotta stay up. You drive. It's that... not. And it's not. It's not so much the caffeine that's bad. It's it's all the other stuff in there oh, combined yeah. with all with that super dose of caffeine. And mm-hmm. like I said, you, with all the sugar in it, you have an insulin spike. So mm-hmm. you got oh, yeah. sugar. And then you, and but then here's it's a combo because now you also have a, an artificial stimulant spike, mm-hmm. all right. So you got two things shooting you up to the moon, and then they both you get a crash out of both of them. So it's not just like a sugar crash or like a caffeine crash. It's you're getting a double whammy of that. So the only way to solve that problem is to drink another one, and that's kind of the recipe for that stuff. Like yeah, more and more and more. Like you said, you can get it. It's almost like you could get addicted to it, really. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. You get used to that, 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 that rush, there are, you know, and then it's habit forming too, and then then you become, yeah. you start to like, you know, psychologically dependent on all that stuff. And anything, sure. anything done, anything in moderation is fine, you know. Yeah, like, there's a purpose for everything, you know. Yeah, that's and, true. You so, know, and like you can get addicted to cheeseburgers if you, if you wanted to, <laughs> you know, like, but that'd be a I'm great addiction. I'm 5'10", 230 pounds. I fight that addiction daily. It's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. <laughs> hey, my man, I'm 5'8", 270. We're close. Yeah, there you go. You know, we, we, we know each other's how it feels, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing I'm upset about your product here, uh, Baker. I'm looking at the nutrition packs, 15 calories. That can't do. Put a couple zeros behind that. Uh, I'm not seeing any uh, any corn syrup. What's going on with that? No, no sugar. No sugar. I'm seeing milk thistle, vitamin E. Uh, you know, where I went, Illinois, we need to see more cor- corn syrup and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's exactly what we need. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So when does y'all, when does y'all's hunting season start? October 1st. October 1. For, for uh, deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have jury duty probably that week. <laughs> Yeah, and I have a uh-huh. wedding October third, so uh, you know where my thoughts are on that. But uh, yeah, me and right. Eric, me and Eric are on shutdown, so we'll be out there. Yeah, we've got our our uh, bow for um, deer is open, bear with the rifles open now, and then elk open Saturday. So I'm going elk hunting um, this weekend over in Eastern Washington. So yeah, I mean it's. Man. Living in Washington's cool, man. There's a ton of cool stuff up here. The game laws are really interesting and kind of difficult to understand. And like, you know, you got draws and permits and units and all the application processes and all that stuff. But the things that we have over the counter up here are awesome. See, Washington's one of those states <laughs> where I've always wanted to like get out there and just see it because I just it's I heard it's just beautiful. My girlfriend was born just uh, just north of you guys in uh, Surrey, except that's uh, a whole different land up there they've got different rules yeah. 
Canada. Oh, yeah, Canada. For sure. Yeah. But she lived in Seattle yeah. for a, a while. And I've always wanted to go to Seattle because I hear it's the food capital of the world. So, you know, it's it, it's kind of funny. You got a, you know, a, a very nutritional drink that, you know, you're slinging, but yet the amount of restaurants that are Sl- up there. Slanging. Is, uh, <laughs> how, many, how many restaurants yeah, are around you? How many what? Restaurants. What like a places great question on a hunting podcast, Steve. Well, hey, you know. So, yeah, the food up here is... The food up here is really good. Um, there's, a ton, there's a huge agricultural uh, component to living up here. So our duck property is up in the Skagit Valley, and there's just tons and tons of agriculture up there. There's a lot of like, uh, you know, a lot of farms and like all, you know. And then you've got the, you know, fishing and crabbing and everything's really fresh. Great sushi. Oh, I can't yeah, imagine seafood up there. Up there. That's yeah. my. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you guys have. Yeah, we had. Moose elk, moose elk, blacktail, or uh, you guys are a blacktail yeah. country up there, right? Well, so Washington is divided by the Cascades. So western Washington is obviously west of the Cascades, and eastern Washington's on the other side of the Cascades. Eastern Washington is very similar to Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. Okay. So in eastern Washington, we have whitetails and we have mule deer. Oh, yeah, on okay. west, in western Washington, we have blacktail. Um, Man, it is that's awesome. It is. Um, Western and Eastern Washington are night and day. Totally different. Um, really no similarities. One's high plains, uh, you know, and then the other one is just, you know, deciduous. Is there quite like a bit of public land out there to hunt? Oh, my God. That's all there is. Really? See, that's the thing. Like, you know, be, we're Illinois boys here, so it's kind of like. But, uh, but uh, over in Iowa, it's the exact opposite. Like, over in Illinois, you know, you can't really find. But for a non-resident to hunt Iowa, it's pretty difficult. And I don't know oh, what it's yeah. like for it's a non and I don't know what it's like for a non-resident to hunt Washington, but that's easy. it is easy because that's the thing. Like, yeah. I just want to get out to a western state, man, even if I don't kill anything and just go for it. Because, I mean, it would be cool to go in and get a tag for it. Do you guys have antelope in Washington also, or is that kind of getting out of no. it? No. So what you as an, as an out-of-state resident, you can come in and buy a combo tag for black bear, elk, and cougar. And <laughs> Wow. It, really? It's... Yeah, it's like nine hundred bucks. Um, See, that's a- and then I don't know what out of state is for for deer, but like so I grew up in Georgia, mm-hmm. and I, I hunted public lands in the state of Georgia twice in my entire life. Uh, once for for deer and hogs, and the other time was a, a quota hunt on one of the on Sapelo Island for for ducks. Um, and so, I mean, I, my family has farms in Georgia, and all my friends have private land. So, I mean, I grew up hunting all private land, like phenomenal private land, and then. I moved to Washington, and in Georgia, you you go in and you buy a hunting license, and you get to shoot two bucks and ten does, See, just because yeah. the deer popu- deer population yeah. is so huge. <laughs> ten does. Now you, in Washington, you can shoot one deer a year, and it you can shoot it's it's either going to be a white tail or muley or a black tail. Um, See, it's only cool because you could gun for something different every year. Yeah, that's what yeah, I, I think absolutely. is cool. You know, I would do that for three years. Like, okay, I got a. I already have a white tail, yeah. so if I went out there, I'd go for muley or black tail. And yeah, so I'm the I have um, I just got access to a thousand acres, about forty minutes from my house. That's just you know kind of oh, fell in my lap. Sweetheart deal, um, and they just tons of black tail. There's no like monsters there, but there's tons of legal buck, and that's all I care about <clears throat> this year is just a legal black tail buck. So what? And then you know, and then next year, you know, I'll you know. What uh, and, How late does your hunting season last? Okay, so that's that's where it gets really tricky in Washington. So okay. in Washington, you have to declare for elk. You say bow, modern firearm, or muzzle loader, mm-hmm. and you and you have to declare that when you buy your license. Which 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 weapon you're going to use, and that's the only weapon you can use. Oh really? And then, yeah, and then um, you declare Eastern Washington and Western Washington. So my elk is archery, and that's eastern Washington. Now, I applied for a multi-season permit for deer, and I got that, which means I can hunt with a muzzleloader, a bow, or a rifle. Mm -hmm. The rifle season in Washington is a total of about nine days. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but archery, I'm 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 an archery guy, so I'll go after, um, uh, I'm going to, this year is a blacktail, so I'm going to hunt for it. And I'm going to use my bow. <laughs> and then awesome. when both season ends, 
if I don't get one with my bow, I'll probably switch over to muzzleloader. But muzzleloader here has to have an open nipple, which is strange. You know, the, the primer has to be open. It can't be uh, enclosed. Yeah, and so I'll push that. Now, black bear is with a rifle. So what I'll probably do is Monday I will hit the ground looking for a black bear with my rifle and then um, see kind of how that plays Man. out. But, um, you mentioned a, yeah. a legal black tail, right? Was it yeah. four points per side or three points a side or something? Yeah, can you explain, no, I can think you explain it, that? I think it's black tail is an inch above, horns an inch long above the head. Muley, oh, okay. it's, in white tail, it's got to be three on each side. Gotcha. See, I would just so, like to come out there and try and get a bow kill with a black tail. So if like, yeah, a non resonant I'm looking at the black tail ads. They're neat. They're neat. Um, and in some areas, there's a fine line. Like I don't know if it's – it might be Washington or if it's um, – Oh, is it Northern California? You know, a, a buck can be a mule deer on one side of the interstate, then he crosses the interstate, and then he's a blacktail. That's well, in Alaska. That's like Kodiaks, grizzlies, and brown bears in Alaska. I know that's the case. It's like but coastal tail, versus inland is really yeah, yeah. A black now a blacktail and a whitetail and a mule deer are. It does. That's that would not. That's that's a different species. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's the same genus, but it's a different species. Um, the a, a black tail looks, in my opinion, it looks like a, a mule deer. Yeah. Yeah. For See, sure. It's, but it's got a. It's got. It's got a. It's got a little black tail on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hence the name. So yeah. Do you and they don't know? get like a, 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 a nice a nice black tail up here. In Washington, if you were to compare it to a southern whitetail, which I'm used to hunting, you wouldn't like. If it were a whitetail in the south, it would you, people would know you, you pass on it. But they just yeah. don't get as big. But there are some big blacktails, and I'll tell you this: a big trophy blacktail buck is a beautiful animal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's like darker yeah, so, hide, really. I mean, they kind of mm-hmm. have like that gray face of a muley, but down in, into the hide, it looks like it gets a little darker. Yeah. Yeah, See, and, it's, and, it's got more in common with a mule deer than it does a whitetail. Yeah, yeah, and and they gave uh, they gave rednecks like us in the Midwest a, a real easy pet. Well, Illinois and Iowa, I mean, you know, we don't have muleys here. We just have. Do you imagine how big tail. the muleys would be though if they were here? Oh yeah, they'd be giant. Well, Kansas kind of. Well, we're get, we're getting a little. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a little I mean, off topic just, on. Well, but it's but, but it's kind of cool to talk about. You know, like like you're saying. You know, even it within your state. There's so much you have to understand. I mean, you got to know the laws, man. Hunting here in Illinois and Iowa, and I'm sure with, uh, you know, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you know, Missouri. Well, Missouri's a little bit different, but yeah, we don't, we don't have that many critters running around. I mean, you know, yeah, it it is. Listen, like I said, coming from Georgia, you buy one license, it, it, and there's no application. <laughs> it's it's so easy. Yeah, but here here in Washington, it's. Uh, it's complicated. It, I mean, it's difficult and it's, it's frustrating. I'll be honest with you. It it takes a lot of work. But on the flip side of that, you know, like I always try to turn negative and frustrating things into assets, you know, and try and find a positive light in them. Yeah. What it does is it forces you to become a much more educated hunter. Absolutely. Because you can't just sure. you can't just buy a license and go hunt wherever you want, do all that stuff. Like you have to know where you're going. You have to know the game laws. You have to know like the areas that you're hunting, you have to know the property boundaries, the GMU units and all that stuff. And the application process, like they hold you to it. So, and like, and especially on that reporting here, like I got called this year. He was like, the guy was like, yeah, you didn't fill out your black tail. I mean, your black bear, uh, info thing. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you didn't submit your, like, they called me. They're like, yeah, we just need you to submit it. I was like, I thought I did. I apologize. But just to kind of put it into perspective, guys, how much different game we have out here. Where's that thing? Um, I'm going to read you all. I'm going to read off to you everything that I applied for. <laughs> and that is available. Oh, we're going upstairs to get behind me. That's available in Washington. See, I'll have to look up what it takes to hunt in Washington as a non-resident because... Because that's no, it's not, easy. That's not it's a It's very state. easy. 
Yeah. yeah you but, don't have to build points or anything like that. Do you, is it kind of you apply and get like an over-the-counter? You can get over-the-counter, over you know, bear, um, elk, cougar. That's over-the-counter. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. But um, like, like moose, for example, you draw a moose tag in Washington once in a lifetime. Really? Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. How many moose have you seen up there? I've seen – I saw one turkey in this, this spring. It was crazy, man. So, here's what I applied for this year. All right. Turkeys, bear, cougar, small game, migratory bird, elk, deer, elk, bear, cougar combo, special application bull elk, special application goat, special app antlerless moose, special app goat conflicted, Sheep, any ram, quality deer, antlerless deer, any moose, quality elk, antlerless elk, buck deer, second deer, fall turkey, sheep, you. So, wow. Good Lord Almighty, what is that just at the Seattle Zoo that you're going to <laughs> yeah. tour of? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, how, it, how much, it's, it's nuts. How, how much, much does that all here? cost? Like, just to get that. How so, much, is, is that what to it, like, apply a typical... for all that. Just to apply, yeah. you know, so that was I went into the the, the uh, application. That was one hundred and thirty-seven bucks. Now wow. I wow. drew, I drew the special permit. I mean, multi-season permit, and so I have deer, elk, bear, and cougar, which was ninety-three bucks. I got a migratory bird permit at sixteen. Small games thirty-eight. Then uh, I got shot my turkeys. So I spent a total. That was two thirty. So two thirty two plus one thirty seven is what I've got in licenses and all that stuff. Um, See, that's not bad considering. No. So with that, what I can shoot this year: a black bear, three turkeys, one deer, and an elk. See, that's awesome, man. And 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 ducks and geese. Ducks and geese. I wish that Illinois had like elk or something because you know how massive our elk would be. But uh, just where I'm like, screw this. Hey, did, did you see how he threw that in? By the way, I'm not gonna let that slide. I think with all this corn, dude. But I mean, they would farmers would die if oh, there's elk yeah. around here. But I, I just wish we had like another big game because you just get burnt on whitetails. You're like, God, I, like, this last year I'm like, screw. Who is this. hurt? You get burnt on whitetail deer? No, you're not hearing me here. I'm saying I hunted one buck so hard that I mentally was just done. And well, I was if like you're mentally done, you should have drank a Kill Cliff drink and you would have been exactly. refreshed. We didn't ha- we didn't have the connection that we have now last So there season. you go. <laughs> Let me say this. Let me say this. It goes back to me saying finding the the positive or the asset in any situation. Yep. If you can successfully hunt White-tailed deer with a bow, you can hunt and kill any animal on this planet. I believe that for sure. Yeah, amen to that. I Baker, that. I want to call you out. No, you know what I want to say? Let me add, the positive let me add a change to okay. what he just said real quick. <laughs> right. If you can successfully kill a mature white-tailed doe, you can kill yeah. anything on the planet. And I don't, haven't hunted a whole lot of big game because I'm pretty sheltered in Illinois <laughs> due to my money pocket situation. But if you can kill a, a mature doe with a bow, you could probably kill anything, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can hunt and, and, and harvest a whitetail. Yeah. And I, and I mean hunt. And when I say hunt, I mean don't get lucky and go, your, your buddy did all the scouting work and all that stuff and, and put the stands up and all that stuff and said, <laughs> the wind's blowing this way. But if you can do all that on your own, you can successfully go out and take down anything. Yep, I now, believe that. Now, I still want to call you out because uh, I haven't forgot about this. You said you can find the positive in anything. I filed bankruptcy. Yep. Find the positive in that. Boom. You didn't file bankruptcy. Say that again? I filed bankruptcy. Uh-huh. Find me the positive in that. Start fresh, man. <laughs> Boom, there it is. Right. That's right with it. I love this guy. That's all you needed, Steve. <laughs> you hit, listen, listen, dude, you hit the reset button. Take every opportunity. That's one of the best things. Listen, I, I deal with a lot of successful, sophisticated business people over the course of my life. And, it, and there, that's one thing. And I used to be in real estate, and there's a lot of guys that I know that, that had to do that. 
that is one of the greatest tools when used correctly that this country has to offer its citizens. It is truly phenomenal if someone can do if if you have to do that and feel sorry for yourself for about two days and then start over because that's what it's designed for. It's designed for a second chance. This is one of the only countries in the world where you actually get second chances. <laughs> ladies, you know? ladies and gentlemen, I just want to state for the record, I did not file bankruptcy, but the fact that I said that and Baker came up with that answer, this is the realest human being you have ever listened to. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> Good lord! That, that, that's just how it works, man. You, wow. listen, dude, I'm sorry, like, I, you just you gotta find. So that's one of the things, like uh, you know, about working, you know, for Todd, who you know, got started the company, and um, and Chris. Chris was also Chris is the president of the company. Chris was also uh, you know, Chris was in a Seal Team Six for um, for eight years. And, really? See, that's awesome. Man. Oh yeah, and and, awesome. and you know, you you listen to these guys, and like you know, they go through buds and. You know they can, you know, think they can accomplish anything. You know, and it's just like, you know, Todd's a serial entrepreneur. It's like, you know, jump, and then we'll figure out how to work the parachute on the way down because we can accomplish anything. And <laughs> I like that. That is a and um, <laughs> you know, and Chris Chris said there was he, he told me a story one time about a guy that was on his team that no matter how shitty the situation was, no matter how miserable they were, no matter how bad it was, the guy always would find the positive in it. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. So, like, you just you, you, you just got to do it. Because if you're not, you know, feeling sorry for yourself or, I'm not saying, when people feel sorry for themselves or they get stressed, that doesn't accomplish a damn thing. Uh, like, if anyone in this world, hold on, if anyone in this world can tell me the benefit for, for pity or for, for stress, like, what does stress do? Does it, it doesn't help solve the problem. It doesn't make anyone feel better. It, it does it nothing. It, it, yeah, it's, it's like an anchor. It's like, hey, I'm sailing along. Hey, let's throw this anchor out. You know, I mean, it just it doesn't do anything. And like, yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's just kind of that's one of the best things about me having ADD. Is I'm, <laughs> you can dwell on something. <laughs> I'm that... quick to forgive because I'm quick to forget. You know. Yeah. And it's you know, and it's just you know, kind of. Just the way I try to go about things. Like this morning, you know, it's like, okay, I, you know, we didn't shoot a bird, but I learned, you know, what's yeah. positives in the situation. I wasn't in an office, you know, I wasn't working. Well, I was working, <laughs> had my phone with me, but um, I'm always working. But, you know, just, you know, you learned a little bit more about fog, you know, learned a little bit more about patterns of birds and stuff. And, you know, it was a good yeah, thing. Yeah, man. Well, I texted you this morning, like, hey, man, and you're like, hey, dude, I'm, uh, I'm goose hunting. I'll, I'll get back to you later, Mike. Cool. <laughs> get after it. Now, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you know, guys, all y'all have in, in, in Illinois is whitetail, right? Um, you I know, mean, you got turkeys. Occasionally you'll find a cougar or two. Yeah, there's no honey. <laughs> yeah, um, honey. Yeah, for us, for me, it's I'm so involved in my whitetail hunting that I kind of abandon every other opportunity I have. I mean, it's just turkey. You know, we have fall turkey. I always buy a fall turkey tag. I, I mean, do... we got ducks, too. Don't, don't, don't forget that. I mean, you know, if, if you ask anybody if they hunt, they're either ducks or whitetails here. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of geese. There's a lot. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of birds to hunt. There's you know, you know, we're right between the Mississippi River and the Rock River. There's a lot of fishing. There's a lot of hunting on the river. But I'm just so involved in my whitetails. I'll go after you know if I can get a fall turkey, I'll I'll go for it. And actually, all the turkeys I've ever killed with my bow are fall fall turkeys. Um, springtime doesn't work out for me for hunting. Um, the turkeys just spring my turkey hunting. Spring turkey hunting like. You know, I look at like the different types of hunting that I do. You know, duck hunting is is my favorite. I've never done um, it, man. I need to do. I need to just go out and try it. Yeah. If you don't have time to spring turkey hunt, man, like you, that's one of the things. Like you got to like weigh your like how much free time you have mm-hmm. and like what your passions are now because you get on a good duck hunt and things will change. I know that's the thing. That's kind of like it's like I'm I'm contemplating getting a tournament archery bow. Yeah. Well, guy, well, I had advice. One guy's like. Here's the thing. I would advise you not to get one. And the only reason why is because <laughs> you will just spend so much money getting this thing set up and so much time that you'll just be broke. And I'm like, can- yeah, maybe I should just double up my shooting with my hunting bow. Well, well, well Baker, can, can I pick your brain about uh, duck hunting real quick? Because I, I, I've never done it either. A lot of my best friends, every year they duck hunt. Uh, and I happen to see there's this duck hunting lodge somewhere in Arkansas. 
And when I say it's a lodge, I mean this is the Hilton of duck hunting. Is it Stuck Art, Arkansas? No, uh, what's the name of it? Do, do you Jonesboro? Know? Do you know the name Are of you the talking lodge? about, oh, you're, is it in Arkansas or Kansas? Are you talking about, um, damn it, what is the name of it? Um, <laughs> I saw it on uh, Red Arrow TV. This guy was like, they went down there, and I looked at this, and I go, uh, oh, my God, that's, if I had a billion dollars, I'd have that. Are you sure it's Arkansas, not Kansas? Is it Kansas? It, I, I'm pretty sure it's Arkansas. I could be wrong. Yeah, I've been to Arkansas, and Arkansas, to me, no offense to any person listening to this that lives in Arkansas <laughs> and hunts. Uh, here we go. The but the problem that I have with Arkansas, and the reason that I, I would not go to Arkansas, um, unless I, it was like a, a friend invited me to his place and he was not a guy. The problem I have with Arkansas is the sheer volume of invaders. See, I could probably hunt Arkansas. Arkansas. My aunt and uncle own a quite a bit, of, quite a bit of property in Arkansas, but I've never bothered. I hunt in Illinois for deer. I've so. been there. I've hunted Arkansas, and like when you, so Arkansas, you're talking about. I would be. I would venture to say, there's a half a million duck decoys that get put out in the early season and don't ever get taken or moved. All right. Mm, okay. So they kind of. Oh God, they're bleached. They look like milk jokes, man. And <laughs> every day, someone new shows up to Arkansas, and I'm air quoting this. That is a duck country. Okay, you follow? You follow my drift there? Yep, sure. Yeah, yep. I, got you. I got you all day. They don't know how to set out a spread. They hey. don't know how to blow a call. They don't know how to do anything. Let's just blame Duck and, Dynasty for that, just because we can. <laughs> and I was, I was in, I went to Arkansas in 1999, and <laughs> you got everybody that you know. They just they blow the shit out of the calls. They they sky bust. <laughs> Every bird's been called at. It knows what a decoy is. It knows what a fake duck call is. And there's just too many people hunting it, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I am grateful for what hunting does for the state of Arkansas, for revenues and all that stuff. But for me personally, zero interest in going back. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to weigh your options. I mean, you got, I mean, you've been all over. You can do, you know. If you live in Washington, you can do what you want out there. And oh, I found it's it. It's like you don't need to hunt Arkansas. I mean, I guess if it's all you had to deal with, you, you know, you would you would deal with it. But oh yeah, but if I didn't have, so we've got my club. We've got three thousand acres in Skagit Valley, which is about an hour north of where I live. I got, I've got, uh, and I'll put up our duck property with anything on the west coast. And I, I'm I'm not joking when I say that. Man, we'll but, have to. Uh, I think you're gonna have to come to Illinois, and we're gonna have to go to Washington. Yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to show. Have you ever hunted uh, whitetail in Illinois or the Midwest? No, I have not. Well, don't act like there's 150 inch around every tree because that's not true either. But no, it's they're not here. They are here. Tree. It's every three trees. Yeah, every uh, three trees. <laughs> so here's what would get me to Arkansas. I mean, to Illinois. If you could guarantee me a fall turkey, and then tell me I might get a shot at a doe. I am not. I'm not like a, a mega trophy hunter. Uh-huh. You know, I I shot my biggest deer last year in Texas. My bow was an eight pointer. I'm so proud of that deer. It's an awesome, gorgeous deer. Uh, wall hanger. He should be on his way from the Texas numbers, actually. Um, and then, um, but like for me, just the experience. So I, I don't. My thing with hunting is not the kill. You know, it's not the taking of an animal. What I really, what really gets me going is the process. It's yeah. that first phone call. It's that first phone call that starts a hunting trip or a get together or something like that. It's the whole like, preparation. Or the first podcast. Yeah. Or, yeah, or the yeah, first it's podcast. The, ah, it's the preparation, the, the camaraderie, the, the excitement. Yeah, it's just the process. And then, like, you know, an animal, taking an animal is, you know, that's the icing on the cake. You know, that's, that's the cherry on the Sunday. Yeah, but, like, for me, I just, you know, like, I hunted, I've been to Africa, South America, Central America. I've hunted in, I think, probably a dozen states in the U.S. And, like, that's just, like, they get, like seeing your buddies, you know, pulling into town or pulling up to your house, you know, or 
all that stuff. Like, you know, that just to me and the planning of the trip and that that's what yeah. I get really excited for about. For sure, for See, sure. You know. Hey, let's um let's get on I wanna talk a little bit about the hunting film tour because Wait, we're time's can I interrupt flying you? I, by. Yeah, we're 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 crunch on time. Can I I found the name of that place. It's called the Stan Jones Mallard Lodge. Uh look that up. It's incredibly huge. Uh but we want to move past that. Uh, and one get on to yeah I want to talk about the hunting film tour we're about we got about 20 minutes left um so that sounds like a second episode's in the works on this because yeah, whenever I have an episode like with a guest and we're just it's flowing so smooth that you know what I mean you run out of time yeah sorry, so sorry to cut you off Baker but uh we have no, 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 constraints no. for our uh our listeners so, who only have an hour lunch to listen to this right <laughs> so the hunting film tour two years ago, I cruised down to Tacoma, Washington. Long trip, to watch yeah, a, right? No, it's about a minute, 45 minutes. To watch the <laughs> screening of the Honey Film Tour. And I thought it was amazing. And so what I did, I got in touch with Gary Gillette, who owns the Honey Film Tour. And I was like, hey, I love what you're doing. We want to kill want to be involved. So we came on board as a sponsor. And, we, uh, and I helped with the social media for that and all that stuff. And um, what it is, it's, it's user-generated content, and it's a collection of anywhere from 10 to 12 short films that are submitted. So I think there's a couple hundred films submitted this year, and mm. from that, we chose 10. And wow. your average length is anywhere from 5 to 12 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, what the, the hunting world is producing with regards to photography and cinematography and the, and the filmmaking is out of this world. It mm-hmm. is, it, it blow you away. It will blow you away. So this year, the films, there's a, a caribou hunt in Alaska. Uh, there is that guy, Jason Metzger, who, uh, he took a monster. Uh, that name's ringing a uh, bell. It does sound familiar. Yeah, does, is he well yeah. known? Yeah. He's, he shot a, a monstrous, um, Ram in Montana. I mean, and and the crazy thing about it is the guy lets one lets a hundred eighty inch ram walk on the first day. Wow! And everybody in the room that I, when I was, we were watching the last. Everybody in the room let out this collective sigh. Like, <laughs> oh, it, it it would be like letting a one sixty walk because you think there's a one sixty five out there. Yeah. Oh, so he's hunting in Illinois. All right. <laughs> and yeah exactly and it, it, i mean it was and then you know there's um this there's, there's, there's one in hawaii uh that my really good friend ben potter did that's just phenomenal and then um you guys i want to get you guys to get the um casey and john from 60th parallel on those guys are phenomenal i hung out with them in palmer alaska last week yeah they live in alaska they're alaska residents it is 100 percent do it yourself um, hunting, I mean, just phenomenal stuff. And the cool thing about Casey and John is their last names. Dinkle and Whipple. Sounds like some old accounting firm from, like, 1800. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> like, you would see that etched in, like, on a wood-burning thing that's swaying above Absolutely, the yeah. doors. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Dinkle and Whipple. But, yeah, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then up with those Sitka, guys. We'll get them on here. Yeah, and... Sitka is involved with the hunting film tour, and they put three films in there this year that are really good. Sitka uh, so makes some good stuff. So this man. is the hillbilly yeah. Aspen, you know, a film festival. Like this is sophisticated. It's so it's sophisticated, but it's like a, just a bunch of short films of hunting, and everybody shows up, and it's like it's like a film festival, but everybody's like, "Oh, dude, you're you know, you're shooting Rams." And what's and- what's the website to this so the listeners can check it out? Because it's HuntingFilmTour.com. Yeah, get on there, check that out. Because there's some guys out there who hate like full blown commercialized like TV shows. So this could be the thing. Not at all. Not it's it's a, so you got 45 minutes, 15 minute intermission, uh, and then there's raffles and giveaways from all the sponsors: Kimber, Sitka, oh, Yeti oh, Coolers, oh. Kill Cliff, uh, Boone and Crockett Club, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Kenetrek Boots. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, the Board yeah. Crockett Vortex involved, Optics. Huh? Yeah, that's awesome. So it's it's just it's great, man. I mean, it's you go and you hang out with your buddies and you get to watch some cool films, and I promise you, you will leave an inspired and better hunter. It will motivate you to go out and hunt a little bit harder, and you know, pay a little bit more attention, and you know, just kind of 
just you go. It, it, it's it's great, man. I'm a huge fan of it. So wait, it's gonna so be a great success. If if we enter a if we enter a film like because we're awesome, I'll just say it for all of us. <laughs> well, uh, and our film draws number one. Will Kimber all send us some firearms? Because uh, Kimber is a fantastic company. Kimber's great. I'm a huge fan. Emily, who runs her social media, Emily Rachel, they're very good friends of mine. Um, great gals. They sent me a Mountain Ascent, which I have over here in my office. I need to go get a scope on it so I can go bust a big bear with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking for a big bear. I'm just looking for a bear. I mean, I'm that's you know, a boy growing up in Georgia. You know, Washington State black bear, to me, that's just kind of, like, you know, just crazy. Yeah, no, so I'm saying, I was like, I just want to kill a bear. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went last year, and we saw nine, and I missed one. Yeah, I missed one last year, which was just frustrating as could be. But, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Just great living out here and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, the hunting film for uh, Gary's great. Um, all the filmmakers on there, they produce really great stuff. Uh, it's just something really exciting because it – I think you can honestly – you could put like an anti-hunter and let them watch the hunting film tour. I truly believe it would change their opinion. I don't think they'd fall in love and start hunting, but I think it would kind of show a different side. Open their eyes to it a little bit, like let them see the light a little. Yeah. You know, just kind of let them know that it's not all just like blood and guts and going, we're not running around in a loincloth and tomahawk trying to, you know, kill a deer with a well, the hammer. Thing with, you know? The thing with people who don't hunt, they look at hunters and it's kind of still, it's getting out of it and like things like the hunting film tour and just different, you know, film production is going to, it's going to change the whole outlook on hunters. I think because there's still kind of that outlook that, you know, it's rednecks running around, missing teeth, shooting guns out of trucks. And it's not that at all anymore. And that's, it's, it, I think it's changing to where it's kind of like, People are seeing the light. We're like, oh, man, it's natural meat. It's never been handled. They're going out and getting their own groceries yeah, from the woods. And also, you got to think the one thing that's empowered anti-hunters is technology. Because you have hunters talking about what they're doing and showing off on social media to their friends and family, like, what they've done. And then you've got these anti-hunters who also are now emboldened with their ability to communicate and you know, where 10, 20 years ago, anti-hunters were just sitting around and say, God, I hate hunters. Where now they can actually go on social media and voice out opinion and attack hunters. Yeah, everyone um, has a voice now, so. Yeah, so the thing about anti-hunting is, like, you know, we could sit down and explain to them conservation laws and, and how licensing fees go to support wildlife and how hunters are the ultimate conservationists and it's, it's free-range meat and all this stuff and, and, and this and that. But at the end of the day... The one thing that we can never justify to an anti-hunter is the taking of an animal's life for fun. Because there's no way you can spin that into a positive. Like, and that's the yeah. thing that like, we've got to figure out how to convey. It's like, you know, that's the thing that they don't like. And that's the thing that like, you just, it's, you know, you just, it's charismatic <laughs> megaphone. Like, I think they there's, look a, at, there's a fine line there between fun and passion when you're passionate right. about something, you're like, going to enjoy it. Exactly. There's yeah. more. Absolutely. There's more to it than just going out and slinging an arrow or firing a gun at a bear or a deer or an elk or what have you. But when you're passionate about it, when you put in the hours, like you're going to enjoy season, it. Yeah. There's you know, there's more to it. It's just reward to your hard work see. is what it is, and everyone's got to love reward to hard work. You know, it's here's here's the here's the thing that I've always heard. All right, there was always a story, or it's this little uh, I, I don't know what you call it, but it was uh, you know there's a, there's a bull in Spain. There or there's two bulls in Spain. One grows up, you know, on a farm. Lives its whole life and dies in a corner somewhere. The other one is on the biggest stage of an all stage of them all and has a chance to kill, you know, the the bull slayer. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it goes out in glory and it's very honored as soon as it goes out. So it's like, would you rather be? Would you rather go out at least fighting, or you know, just die in a pasture somewhere? I mean, you know, it's it's really no different. You know, if if we're shooting a deer, you know, and it's either the deer and there's a video that you can watch of a a bear attempting to kill a deer. We're not really sure if the deer died, 
but it's suffering. It's suffering for so long. Well, right. You have yeah, you have it, cattle. Well, it, that are it, that are born to die. Right. They're being born to die. Sh- shocked into a trailer. Uh huh. The trailer is being drove, whether it's ninety nine degrees or negative ten degrees, to the slaughterhouse. They're being shoved in exactly. a chute, and they don't know what's going on. They're scared out of their mind. But a big mature buck or even even a doe, I mean, if the the better man wins, I mean that that's really what hunting is. Is you got one up on on the animal? I mean, it's not. And there's some people who like I'm not gonna you know sit here and defend everybody that poaches animals because I certainly won't. I think poaching's a terrible crime. Uh, but when you can, when you can use the elements in your favor and take that animal and then you put it in your freezer and then you feed your family for years, that deer that you shot is now in your fridge feeding your family and your family's doing good for people. You know, it's just, it's kind of one of those things. It's it's just like it was back in Native American days, they didn't have grocery stores. Well, the difference now is you don't need, uh, you don't need to hunt. It's your it's your option that you want to be blessed. You want that meat, man, and you want you you have that passion to go for. Well, I mean, you, it's a necessity for me. I didn't mean it to come off that that came off kind of wrong the way I worded that, but it's just it's a healthier lifestyle, man. That's basically all the way. Yeah, and let me say this: like, if you hear people say. That oh the Native Americans used every bit of the buffalo. They did use every bit of the buffalo, but they didn't always use every bit of the buffalo. Uh-huh, like there's yeah. documented there's documented cases um, of Native tongue. Americans doing buffalo jumps, killing sixteen eighteen hundred buffalo, and just taking the tongue out. And that, yep. that, that was Stephen Rinella. Stephen Rinella wrote a book called American Buffalo, which I highly recommend yep. for everyone to read. It's phenomenal. But yeah, I mean. Like, and then, it, you know, it, 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 you talk about, you know, oh, humans are cruel. You want to see some cruel shit? Watch some videos of elk hunting, I mean, of wolves hunting elk and whatnot and deer. Yeah. Like, they're opportunists. They kill just, wolves are the only animals uh, that actually kill for fun. Yeah. Yep. I watched a podcast or listen, listen and watch on YouTube. Uh, Joe Rogan had a, oh, I can't remember what, some lady from Alaska, she lived up there on a camp and. She actually she talked about how the wolves hunt up there. She basically lived with them, and just talked about life up in Alaska. And I actually I have like a deep passion. I want to move to Alaska, but I'm just not sure how to like go about it, you know. Um, but I don't really know where I'm going with this. We're talking about wolves and everything like that. Oh, okay. well, what, what, you, this woman, what did she say? She actually, it's just kind of like the wolves how they hunt, and that she actually witnessed a pack of wolves kill a grizzly bear. And they ran this thing down, and she basically said, "With these wolves, they they keep the way that, that they can kill a grizzly is they keep it running, and they'll all yeah, work so at they it. Exhaust it. Yep, they'll exhaust it. One will nip at it. The other one will they'll do it in there, and they'll nip it. They'll get it on them. Nip at it. Nip at it. Keep them running. Exhaust them. And then once that bear's exhausted, they got them. And she said, yeah, get, get Casey Dinkle to tell you the story uh, when he was guiding in with 60th parallel filmmaker. His story. He was guiding elk in Wyoming, and they watched." Pack of wolves run a herd of elk, and then they separate. They finally got like five of the elk separated, and they would just ran them and ran them and ran them until they were finally just exhausted and they couldn't run anymore. And they ran them into the snow and they post holed them so they couldn't. Their legs were stuck, mm-hmm. and they just sat there and slaughtered them. And and wolves, wolves, it's death by consumption. Wolves don't crush the skull or rip out the, the windpipe. They start with the hamstrings and the ass, and they just eat the animal until mm-hmm. it dies. Yeah, and they just ble- it had it, by that point it's suffering until the thing just bleeds uh, out. But it's okay because they're wolves, and that's nature. Apparently, humans well, kill yeah, their animals in nature. Hey, they're on calendars. Yeah. Hey, everyone knows wolves are endangered, Steve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolves are endangered. Yeah, go tell that to a <laughs> pack of wolves. I, in your I, I, I had I had someone tell me that wolves were endangered, and I just said uh, you should probably shut your mouth because you obviously don't know shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I said you just pissed me off, lady. So I mean, that's I like mean, when people say oh, you shouldn't kill white-tailed deer because 
what are you going to do to the population? Well, people have been hunting in Iowa for about 50 years, and uh, there's too many deer now. People are killing 200-inch deer every year, and I don't think you know what that means, but it means yeah. deer are healthy, so you know. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know what's more ethical is them being chased down, nipped at, run down, worn out, or, yeah, exactly. or us or out there <laughs> practicing... Or smoked a three hundred feet per second arrow through the lungs and died. Exactly. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe anti hunters would would appreciate it more if we were all on you know some ATVs and running these animals down till they were too tired and then just started eating them from the stomach out. Well, that would be more natural, <laughs> I guess. I, oh I'm assuming so. <laughs> That's a strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, is that the, is that Baker? Am I too far off from the truth there? No, I, I think people are. They, I think it's. Um, you know, people they just they don't know what they're talking about. Like, yeah. they have a perceived they're so removed idea of it. how things are, and then yeah, they just they don't know. Like, you, they just don't know. You know, and they have opinions. And I mean, you yeah. know, and that it's it's something that'll get us fired up. And uh, I, yeah, I'm we, call, we, I'm we have a tendency a to get to get worked up on. Yeah, stuff I'm gonna like I'm that. gonna call it quits to the any hunting stuff just because it, it it's, it's so it easy to go on a rant about it, yeah. and it's never gonna go anywhere. I hope. But I did yeah. want to bring up one last thing. Uh, yeah, on Carbon TV, we could see Kill Cliff Outdoors. Can you explain uh, a little bit of that to us? So, to, yeah, on Car- to, Kill Cliff Outdoors yeah. on Carbon TV. So Caleb Copeland and Mark Woolley approached us three years ago to sponsor um, a TV show they were doing. And I said, well, we don't want to sponsor it. We'll be your partners. I said, okay. So we've partnered up with them, and, you know, they already shot about seven episodes, and, you know, we that was our foray into the outdoor TV world. And we're basically – the problem with outdoor TV is that you're beholden to the network, and they show it when they want to show it, and that's it, you know. And then you got to pay – and the hunting television world, it's kind of backwards. Like, in the hunting world, you pay for your TV slot, mm-hmm. but you have to pay the slotting fee. Whereas in regular TV, if it's a good show, they pay the, – the networks pay the, the TV show. Yeah. And so, um, you know, from that, and then we, you know, that's when I met Gary, and then we switched from from wanting to do, we were going to do a second season, and we decided we were going to do short films and stuff, so we've been working on those, and we've got a couple coming out. Um, we did a little duck hunt one that's, uh, or turkey hunt with, that's on um, uh, Slade Northwest website, and then um, we've got a really good duck hunt one coming out here in the next few months. And that's on CarbonTV.com. Um, yeah, is that first season? So, so you guys switch more to the the short films, which they look fantastic. I mean, you know, we were uh, we're going through everything and and uh, and checking it out, and I, I I love the short film idea. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that was uh, great for me. That I think I would enjoy that a lot more. Um, yeah, go check out uh, Kana Outdoors, C A N A Kana Outdoors, and take a look at. Um, Ben's Alberta uh, duck hunt with Gary Gillette. Gary's got that owns a hunting film tour. They did one in uh, in Alberta last year. So yeah, C A N A Outdoors, Cana Outdoors. It's really good. Okay, cool, cool. Well, heck, we're getting to the end of our time here, um, Baker. If you're ever in the Midwest, hit us up, man. We'll try and figure something out. It'd be cool because I think we could easily do a lot, a bunch more episodes because this hour <laughs> flew by. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, we yeah. Have to... thank, appreciate you guys having me, and um, yeah, we'll do another one here in a couple of weeks. I want to get you guys. I want to introduce you to uh, to uh, Casey and John from Sixties Parallel, and then get Gary Gillette, who actually owns the Hunting Film Tour. Um, yeah, man, let's uh, do it on the show. So yeah, I'll do. I'll shoot you an email introduction uh, this evening to this guy. Yeah, for sure. All down, um, guys. Check out killcliff.com. Um, We're in GMC and vitamin shops, every single one in the country, and then grocery stores and gas stations and all that good stuff. Oh, you guys are at GNC? And GNC then, uh, and vitamin shop, yeah. And okay, then also okay. huntingfilmtour.com. Um, yeah, and then we're also in Sam's Club, Walmart. Cool. Yep, check right. them out. And um, uh, Try that know, out this hunting season. Get some of those bars, get some of the recovery yeah, drinks. even if you're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know how this recovery drink, just buy the product because it's a veteran-owned product and... How great would would yeah, you feel? Yeah, how better if, is that? And tomorrow, yeah, you, September you can 11th, make a veteran so. a millionaire if, just by spending your money. Do that. Well, <laughs> well deserved. Okay, Steve's. Okay, I just no. I, 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 I'm I, on, I'm on board. If with you it, ever see any veteran-owned companies, spend the money. Whatever. I'm game for that. Baker, thank you so much for that. being on the show, man. Um, 
Yeah, we'll hook back up with you. We'll do another one. It was fun. Yeah, don't don't, right, hang, up, don't hang up yet. Uh, we're gonna end the show and then we'll uh, we'll talk to you. So after that, yeah. All right, guys, we're probably gonna have another episode tomorrow. I think on schedule. Jordan Hubinski from the <laughs> Bone Shed, buddy Jordan. Mr. Jordan, um, he'll be back. He's actually gonna, coming to Sherard in the He's studio. He's going to be a homeowner by tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that should be working out. Um, that'll be up late tomorrow. If you listen to this daily then or weekly, then tomorrow. So and Friday. Enjoy your Friday. Maybe come out to shoot Saturday if you're just hearing this. Like, if you're hearing this Saturday, get in your car, head out now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> all right. I don't know what time you're hearing it. Thanks, guys. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. Later. Later. Peace out. Oh my god! <laughs> Every once in a while it's fun to go with like just full blown redneck on these fish. This is like high tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.